0: You're listening to Purpessence with Brian Duceau. Welcome to the Purpessence podcast. I am your host, Brian Duceau. A little update for y'all. The podcast is going very well. We are about six weeks ahead of schedule. I'm scoring music to a short film that is very suspenseful, sad, covers a controversial topic. I'm really excited to share that with you once it releases to the public. I'm making plans to record the rest of my audio drama called Apollyon. And I'm having someone do a voiceover for a story I have just finished writing. Today we have Andy Zaremba on the show. Andy and his brother Mike opened up a business called Float House. He also has a podcast called Vancouver Real. So Andy, if you could, could you give uh, just a a tiny little crash course, uh, introduction on yourself?
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of a difficult question, actually. Sometimes when someone says, "Sum yourself up in like two lines." Yeah, exactly. What?
0: How do you do that? That is what I want.
1: (laughs) But I'll give you, uh, I'll give you sort of my professional. I'll give you the highlights, the stats. How about that? All right. So there is. uh, well, first and foremost, I'm a father. I have a little, little seven-year-old girl at home, and uh, she's a huge source of inspiration for me, and uh, keeps me very motivated and very grounded at the same time. Whenever I go home, and and no matter what I'm dealing with in life, like you know, she reminds me about what's really important in life, and uh, you know, that's a huge priority for me. Um, but up here in Vancouver, I'm known for uh, starting a business with my brother called Float House. And if people want to check that out, they can. Uh, visit floathouse.ca, and uh, what Floathouse is, is, and we'll get into this in the podcast, I'm sure, is we, we have sensory deprivation tanks, or flotation tanks as they're more commonly called, and uh, that's the service that we offer here in Vancouver. We have eight locations under the Floathouse brand right now, and I also have a podcast called Vancouver Real, and we've interviewed a bunch of really awesome guests, such as uh, Gabor Maté, we've had Wim Hof, we've had Graham Hancock, to name a few, so we have some pretty good names there. Website for that is VancouverReal TV, and uh, also if you want to just find the central hub for all of this stuff, you can go to my website um, Andy, Andy z a r e m b a dot com, and that is sort of like a hub for all of the, my my little entities and creations and projects.
0: Awesome. So you yeah you hit hit exactly what I wanted. We're gonna perfect. I want to uh, talk about floating actually i noticed that when i checked you out right away i'm like oh i've i've seen this a couple times i'm like i just see people kind of you know floating around mm-hmm. you know but
1: well, you know it's getting around it's, it's one of those things that's finally hitting the main street and it took a while it took a while you know when yeah we first opened it here in vancouver um you know i'd walk down the street and ask 20 people you know have you heard of floating before And maybe one out of twenty might say, "Yeah, I've heard of it." And now I'd say you walk down the street in Vancouver, and I'd say, like, you know, nineteen out of twenty have heard of it, and a bunch of them have tried it.
0: Nice. So, what is a float tank, and
1: what's going on inside that thing? Yeah, there's a lot going on there, and I'm I'm gonna just provide some resources throughout this podcast as well, because you know I'm fairly articulate, but there's also a lot of resources that can sum up things uh, really well. This is a video on YouTube called What is Floating, the video that we created, and it basically gives you a seven-minute breakdown on what a flotation tank is and the benefits you receive from it. So if you type in What is Floating on YouTube, you'll definitely find it. It's like a seven-minute animation video. But essentially, what we're doing in a float tank is we are minimizing the sensory input coming into your body. Now, you're always going to have some sensory input coming in. It's going to be sight, sound, tactile sensations. Okay, you have to keep yourself balanced and upright. So there's a lot of input that your body is, is, is processing. But in a flotation tank, there's no light, no sound, minimal effects of gravity because you're floating in 10 inches of water that is super saturated with roughly 900 to 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt. And it's also heated to 93.5 degrees, which is essentially the, the, the temperature of the skin, the surface of your skin. So it becomes skin receptor, receptor neutral and you you start losing a sense of where your body starts and the water begins, right? So the whole point is reducing sensory input coming into your body. And when you do that, there's actually uh, a whole wide range of benefits you can receive from it. And it was actually invented in uh, 1953, I think is the year. That video will confirm that year but it was invented by a scientist named Dr. John C. Lilly. And he was working for the the National Institute of Mental Health at that time. And he was testing a hypothesis. He wanted to see, you know, what would happen if you reduced the maximum amount of sensory input coming into somebody's body. Okay. So um, the old hypothesis or theory, I'm not sure which one was that, if you switched off and and there wasn't sensory input coming into you through your sense organs, through your skin, your eyes, your ears, your nose, everything, um, that you'd actually go unconscious. That for some reason we needed sensory input in order to maintain our consciousness. Uh, So what he decided to do was create an environment where we minimized to to the utmost the sensory input coming in, and he wanted to see what happened. Um, And needless to say, instead of uh, going unconscious, you actually sort of become hyperconscious because you eliminate all the outside distractions, everything going on around you, and it allows you to simply focus on you, like what's going on in your body, what's going on in your thinking and in your mind, um, and it becomes a very introspective sort of experience, similar to a psychedelic experience, similar to meditation there's different avenues to get at that sort of thing. But this is a very effective one. Um, and there happen to be also a bunch of stress, um, stress management benefits. And also, in particular, uh, there's new research coming out on how it can be potentially a treatment for anxiety disorders.
0: Hmm. So what if someone like myself, and I'm asking for myself. Sure sucks at floating like i'm in the pool <laughs> i am terrible man i never have been able to float right can i like well, can i do you mean, it in you the... mean
1: in a in a flotation tank or in yeah. a swimming pool in a swimming pool or in the ocean yeah okay. all but, that yeah here's the thing. we we make floating as easy as possible okay so the specific gravity of the water is is really really dense okay so it's like hyper dense it's actually more dense than the dead sea so you actually float effortlessly. Even people who have like really thick bone density and you know, who have trouble floating in like you know fresh water or salt water have no trouble in a flotation tank. It's it's so dense that it pops you up. It even supports your head. Like it'll even float your head. That's how much support you get from the water. So like that's just sort of um, one of the, the practical things uh, around floating. One of the you know the more of the, of the functionalities around floating. So the first step is anyone who wants to get into a flotation tank. Well, you should have no problem whatsoever actually floating, but the challenges sort of come in when you start, you know, encountering your mind, when you start having that introspection and you, and you confront that over and over. That I would say is the more challenging aspect of floating.
0: So anyone can actually float, like physically float, float, unless you're like Wolverine or something and you like, your bones are like 500 pounds. But I,
1: I'm, willing to you, I'm willing to bet we float Wolverine too. <laughs> Very nice.
0: So what made you get into floating?
1: Well, it's that's a, that's a big question, but um, I'll sum it up in uh, a fairly short answer. And know, uh, I was at McMaster University, I was taking this sociology class, and they had mentioned some of John C. Lilly's earlier experiments with flotation tanks. And I thought to myself, that is something I want to try one day. And I'm like, if you ever really wanted to figure out, like, what was going on internally, in your mind, inside, I'm like, that's how you do it. You shut up all external distractions. You can completely focus on what's going on inside of you. All right. So that kind of turned me on to the idea. And I went back and played football for a few more years, got my head rattled around, sort of forgot everything I learned in school. And I started getting into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Nice. And I was training a lot of jujitsu, and that led me to, of course, listening to Joe Rogan through the UFC and mixed martial arts and all that. Started listening to Joe Rogan, and he was a huge advocate for flotation, flotation therapy. And I'm like, oh, that was that thing I learned about in university, and I, and I had kind of forgotten about it. Um, and he rekindled my interest in it. So we ended up tracking down a tank, and uh, we found one. There's only one at that time in all of Western Canada. And we, we found a tank and we tracked it down. And after two floats, my brother and I ended up buying our tank. And that's sort of how we got into it. Um, but why do I do it? It's because I'm very much into, let's just say, constant evolution, I think is a good way of putting it. You know, constantly trying to improve myself. I'm always looking for new and better ways to learn about myself to, to, to understand myself better and why I tick. And, and that's one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most valuable tools of the flotation thing. Not to say that you know, the stress management, the anxiety management, or uh, the pain management aren't valid factors, they completely are. But I'm very much so into it for like the personal development, mindfulness meditation side of things.
0: Very nice. I've been seeing that a lot with my guests. Like, why do you do what you do? And, like you said, always evolving, always improving, finding out who you are. And it seems like a very commonality between everyone and myself, why I do what mm-hmm. I do. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's definitely something. Well, that's like
1: hugely that. to your testament. And I really, you know, I admire anybody who's willing to, to take a chance and, like, look inside And reevaluate things and instead of pointing the finger outwardly at the rest of the world and saying everything else is wrong you know looking inside looking inside for the answers and what can i do differently in order to to make positive change in the world and that's sort of you know a big part of what i'm about is like let's you know stop blaming everything else in the world and grant there's some things you can definitely get mad at and blame and upset and there's a whole laundry list of problems that the world's facing these days but what is really in our realm of influence, right? What can we actually control? And that's what I'm interested in because that's what I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather do something. I, to me, it's much more proactive to take action on your own life than it is to just tell everyone else why they're wrong.
0: Right. Yeah, because if you better yourself, other people will see that and they'll either better themselves or you probably will never see them again. Yeah,
1: well, that's very possible. I, I think it's, I think it's, um, very common for people to sort of outgrow their peer group and outgrow their friends, you know, and, and that's a little bit sad. And sometimes even family members. And I'm not saying anyone should like leave their friends or their family members. I'm not saying that at all. You should, in fact, try to work on those relationships as much as possible. Right. But when an individual starts changing and evolving, sometimes people around them Uh, have trouble with that because now all of a sudden they see that you're making a difference in your life. You're making a positive impact of some kind, right? So you become a mirror for them. And deep down, they probably know they could be doing better. They could be working on themselves. They could be trying to start a business, whatever it happens to be. They could be working on their relationship, their marriage, all those different things. But when somebody starts evolving, it shines a light on, well, maybe they should be doing that too. And a lot of people I don't think really like to turn it back on themselves because that's hard. That's the hard work right there. So I think you're going to find as you evolve more, you know, you're going to you're gonna have friends and they're still going to be within your circle and you're still going to know them. But the people that you associate with might change.
0: Right. I find myself – my, if I look back on my whole life, I've always seen like – I always hung out with people – that were more successful than me. If I wanted to get good at something, I try to contact the person that's the most successful in that field and, you know, just try to better myself by learning from the best
1: people in that craft. Absolutely, man. And, like, I think you starting the podcast is an excellent example of that because now you get to speak to experts in their respective fields and uh, pick their brain, Mm -hmm. learn from them, create a contact, someone you could reach out to in the future, potentially, you know, we found the exact same thing with our podcast, Vancouver real. Like we've had some pretty, pretty outstanding guests. Like I mentioned before, Wim Hof, Gabor Mate. He's one, if you know, wherever you happen to be listening to this in time or space, I would say go to YouTube and type in the name Gabor, G-A-B-O-R Mate, M-A-T-E. And just start listening to him speak because he's one of those types of guys that has, I, in my opinion, sort of a sage of our time. And I think that his message needs to be very widely spread. But, you know, if we didn't have that podcast, if we didn't start Vancouver Real, I don't necessarily think we would have even had a connection to him, you know, because not everyone's going to be reached by our business. Not everyone wants to, you know, lock themselves in a black box for 90 minutes and think about their life. Not everyone <laughs> wants to do that. But, you know, the podcast has given us an avenue to to network and create this whole um this whole network that we can now tap into and it's led us to to speak to some of the you know the great the best experts in the world within their field that happen to be within like our interest as well
0: right yeah yeah i'm gonna have to check him out for sure because i have never heard of him and i'm definitely into that so i will check that out after
1: uh read. yeah very cool totally yeah. he's 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 amazing for sure he was just on tim Ferriss' podcast too
0: oh okay nice So I want to know more about your version of mindfulness meditation. Is there anything you could share with people who may have no clue where to start?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing is just to start. Right. The first thing is to actually just start doing it. Okay? Like, It's going to be, depending on where you're starting it from, and it's different for every single person, but the experience is going to be different for everyone. Some people, depending on their temperaments, may be able to kind of slip into this beautiful, peaceful state early on. But a lot of us are gonna to have to really battle the mind. You know, we've been conditioned, especially in the West, to to use our mind as as an amazing and powerful tool as it is. However, a lot of us are sort of run unconsciously by our mind and by our thoughts and we have sort of we're all sort of lost in a sea of thinking and we don't really know that. And when you actually get still sit in meditation, get inside of a flotation tank, Those that seemingly endless stream of thought becomes very prevalent to you. So now you have to start working on, you know, dealing with that, right? Um, so my version of meditation, I think about two different things for the most part. And there's a really great book out there called Altered Traits. And I, I can't remember the author's name right now, but if you Google Altered Traits, you'll find it. And he talks about this idea of um, in meditation, mindfulness, personal development, of this idea of altered states versus altered traits. So when you enter into a flotation tank, you enter into a state of meditation, however you end up doing that, trance, it could be through music, it could be through drums, it could be uh, through yoga, it could be through um, running and exercise. There's a lot of ways you can enter into that trance state. That is what's called an altered state of consciousness. And typically what happens in there, and, you know, altered states happen all the time. Altered states happen, um, you know, when you drink a cup of coffee in the morning. They happen when you're hungover or if you haven't eaten enough food or had enough sleep. You're in an altered state of consciousness. It happens when you hear a beautiful piece of music that really inspires you. These are all different states which change not only your physiological state, but also your your, your psychological state and neurological state as well. Like you have a whole cascade of chemical hormones that come in. Your brainwave patterns change. And this is what's called an altered state of consciousness. And, you know, a lot of people tend to seek these things out for various reasons. They've been sought out through the course of human history, you know, seeking altered states like the shamans. Shamans, you know, shamanans are basically a generic term for... um, you know, indigenous medicine people from Siberia and shaman has basically been a generic term given to medicine people, usually through indigenous tribes all around the world. Um, shamans have been entering into altered states of consciousness from the beginning of time, and uh, that's how they would potentially heal people or, um, you know, get information that can help their tribe. Right. So there's the altered state of consciousness side. Then there's the altered traits. And this is the other really interesting part of this sort of work. So, altered states, you're going to get lots of insights. You're going to get creative insights that might help your business. You're going to potentially become introspective and learn something about yourself. But then there's the altered traits. And altered traits are the things that stick with you long term. Okay. So, it's like now you've had this experience, you've had some sort of insight, you've had an aha moment. And now, that's great, but how do you take that and implement it into your life so you actually improve? Okay, this is getting into the altered traits aspect. And by practicing something like meditation or floating or yoga, these type of things, that is, this is gonna help start changing the way your brain works, essentially, how you think about things. It'll actually change your, your physiology, it'll change your neural connections within your brain. And you're going to create long lasting change within your life that will stick with you. That's the difference. It's great to like have an epiphanal moment to be like, oh, yes, I should be doing something differently. I should be eating healthier. I should be nicer to people. I should be working harder in my career, whatever it happens to be. Right. It's great to have those epiphanal moments. But if you don't integrate that into your life, it's kind of wasted. You're going to get, you know, you're going to go back to your life. You're going to get hung up in whatever it is that you do, whatever sort of. Uh, addictions you might have, be it food, alcohol, drugs, television, entertainment, right? Whatever you happen to be that you habitually go to, you're going to go back into your work, back into your life, and then it's going to be gone. So the key is integrating the things that we take from these altered uh, altered states and make them into altered traits.
0: Right, and I totally understand. My Looking back at my life, I started. I started playing guitar at age thirteen. Nice. And I've been playing music ever since. Now I compose for films and video games. And amazing. I've done that. That's an altered state because I go into time does not exist for me when I write. When I play music, it's like wow. Eight hours have passed. Like I was writing me. all day. Wow.
1: Yeah. So I had yeah, that. It's timeless. It's timeless. Yep.
0: Then I ran and I was actually really good at running. And same thing. I loved running. Same thing as music.
1: Just Indeed. was lost in it. And it's getting you into what's also you known as flow states.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. Flow states. And, and they're a little different from there's altered states of consciousness and there's flow states. But I would say they're both sort of an altered state in their own way. There's an excellent book called Stealing Fire. If anybody wants to know all the different ways you can get into flow state, uh, check out the book *Stealing Fire*. Like they they they've laid out basically anything you can think of that can help achieve that state.
0: Awesome, and I get that with uh, podcasting as well, but it's more the solo episodes because yeah. what what I do, I'll go off a quote, or I'll like know what I want to talk about, and I and I riff, and it's like you know how people say "think before you speak." Well, yep. this, this is the opposite. It's, it's yeah. probably not the best, but honestly, I say the best things come out when I'm riffing. Like, just, you know, I don't here's, know. Here's it, the it's thing a, about
1: that. Like, when somebody is speaking, when there's a speaker on stage and they're speaking, there's a big difference between somebody who knows information and can read it off a book or their notes or they know a bunch of facts to when someone has integrated that into who they are, right? And when you start going on these rants and you start riffing, you know, you're tapping into this integration, um, which which is going to be at the very least more engaging than somebody just reading text, Right. you know what I mean? You're, you're in the flow, you're in the moment, you have your passion, you're getting emotional because you actually care about what you're talking about because you've integrated it as part of your being, right? So um, that's why those episodes are so popular. Now, one danger, one caveat I might point out here is that, well, A, you are not your thoughts, okay? You Correct. are not your thoughts. Correct. And B, your thoughts are not yours. Right. Right? Almost everything we think has been thought of and taught to us from somebody else. Almost everything. Right. And it's very rare that we have original thoughts. Um, and that, that's, that's, you know, that's the beauty of the creative process is when you have two ideas And you somehow connect them. And when you make that connection happen, which is, you know, flotation tanks are an amazing way to make that happen because of the hemisphere synchronization you get when you're floating. But if you can take two kind of independent thoughts, seemingly unrelated and connect them, now you've essentially created a new thought and that's really, really useful for creative types um, and in particular useful for entrepreneurs. Anybody who wants to become an entrepreneur, um, you know, business, Business is business, and it can be extremely complex, but it's also fairly simple, too, depending on what the business is. I think, you know, you can figure out the nuts and bolts of how to start a business. You can figure out marketing. You can figure out operations. You can figure out how to create your product, all of that, okay? Your sales process. You can figure all that out. But what people really struggle with is the lack of good ideas. Because, you know, when you, you know, here's the thing most ideas we have that we, that we think could turn into a business or maybe a piece of music or art usually will not work. Most of them aren't going to work and going into especially entrepreneurship and trying to start something is an extremely risky venture. Okay. Because most, most businesses will fail. Most ideas won't work. And it's rare that you're going to find that perfect idea with what that syncs up with a demand that's currently there. Right? So, Certain conditions need to exist before you could even go ahead and try to start a business. All right. So but at the very least, you want to be able to generate new ideas. And one way you can do that is, of course, by taking by one. One thing I suggest people do is that everyone out there tries to try to take in as much information as they can from various sources. OK, and in and, and various sources, like don't go to the same things that you always go to over and over again, because you're going to wind up in an echo chamber where basically you're confirming your own bias over and over and over. Go to things that are going to challenge your thinking a little bit. Think of contrary views and opinions and ideas and then put these all together, go into sort of an altered state of consciousness somehow, and then potentially new ideas can emerge from that.
0: I I agree. Yeah, definitely. Study from a wide range of sources for sure, and
1: That's a, a super healthy thing to do. Yeah, I think.
0: it's good for me. I like listening to something I don't agree with, and you. Know, I try to. I try to disprove the not the easy parts, but the hardest part to disprove. Mm-hmm. But or also, I like to fight, like change that around try to prove it or try to fight for their argument.
1: That's the best way to do it right there. So, you know, what you can do is you take an idea. Let's say you find a new idea, you think of a new idea. Think of, try to figure out all the reasons why it's wrong. Figure out why it's wrong, if it's your own idea. And then if you can hack at it from all these different angles and it's still pretty impenetrable, well, one, Okay, you, you, you know your idea is pretty solid. And two, when people come up with those same counter arguments and say, well, what about this? And did you think about that? You're already going to know the answer because you've already thought about it. Nice. right? So that's one thing I think you can do is really just, you know, hack away at ideas, question them. And now when you're doing it with somebody else, let's say you're trying to change someone's mind, which is a difficult thing to do at times. Um, you know, make sure you do it in a tactful in gentle way, and not too challenging. Usually when you challenge somebody's beliefs or something that they hold really dear to them, some sort of ideology, whatever, um, and you say they're completely wrong, well, especially when they've integrated that into themselves, what you're basically telling them is there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with the way they think. So essentially, they're fundamentally flawed. So what I like to do is, especially when trying to engage an individual, in someone, especially if they disagree, is I try to meet them where they're at, meet them close to, and un- get the understanding for, of where they are. And a good little exercise you can do to do that is play a game. And the game is, the game is you don't get to say anything else until that person agrees that you understand their point the way they see it, and that can take time, right? But once you get to that place of understanding, then you can say, well, have you considered this? Have you, have you thought about this option? Sorry about the sirens in the background there. I'm walking through a park right now. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so can you now meet them where they're at and then gently show them the information that could potentially change their mind?
0: Yeah. Like you said, it's going to take time. You can't, if you tell them instantly that they're wrong, they're gonna go in defense mode and not even think about anything you say. Oh yeah,
1: they're gonna shut down for yeah. sure. I mean, it happens, happens all the time. You see it all the time on like in debate, in political debate online, things like that. People, you know, believe X, and then group, you know, group Y believes whatever they believe, and then they they fight and call each other stupid, and then nothing gets done.
0: <laughs> so, I mentioned that I was doing music. Running podcasting, and how I was in altered states, so mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that on purpose, it just was happening so really? so when I took no, up this me- when I took up meditate- when I took up meditation, I was yeah. doing altered state on purpose, and yes. that is what changed my lens in life now I look at music differently, I look at everything I do differently.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and and that's what's going to happen. You know, when you, you start going into the unknown, okay, when you go into unexplored territory, be it in your mind, be it traveling to a new country, starting a new venture, creating a new product, something where you don't know what the outcome is going to be, you're entering into chaos. You're entering into a world of, again, the unknown. And that's where you have to go if you really want to create something new or different, right? It's like the hero's journey. Okay. It's a hero's journey in a sense. It's like you're going, you're venturing into the unknown, you're going to encounter something that you weren't prepared for, and then you're going to come out of that with potentially new information. Right. And that's, that's the process right there. So the Mm -hmm. more you do this kind of work, all right, the more that kind of stuff is going to start happening. And there's one resource I'd like to point out to guests at this point, and it's uh, from Jordan Peterson. He has this website called know, know Yourself or Know Thyself by Jordan Peterson. Just check it out. Basically what it is, is a personality assessment. And it's based on the big five personality traits. I think it's like a hundred questions, you answer it, and it will tell you a lot about the type of person you are and the tendencies that you may have because of the type of person you are based on like proven big five personality traits.
0: Yeah, that's the one where if I remember right, you're kind of like writing a
1: That I think you're referring to the Future Authoring program? Yes,
0: that's what I'm that's the one I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about the personality test. Okay, Both I haven't valid, heard of it. Right. Like future author, fu- Future Authoring um, you know, you can you can you can change the wording of that if you want a little bit to to finding purpose and meaning. Right? But also finding uh, your your north star, your, your your guiding north star, your light, which is the thing that you're aiming for in life, right? It's the thing that, you know, no matter what's going on around you, you're gonna keep moving towards that goal. That's 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 what you have set for yourself. Now be careful when you're thinking about that. And one thing I would recommend to people is, don't try to don't try to imagine what you're going to be doing in life because life is going to throw so much stuff at you that, you know, where you, where you are now could be completely different from where you are in five years. A serious illness could hit the family, could hit you, you know, who, who knows natural disaster, anything can happen. You could lose your job. So many bad things can happen that it's going to alter the course that you're taking in your life. So I think it's difficult to say, I want to be here in five years. Now, it's good to set goals and say, like, I'd like to achieve, you know, X sales figure by this time. Great. Do that. Right. But I think it's a much stronger thing to focus on the type of person that you want to become. All right. So making that your guiding light. And that is what the Future Authoring Program is really about. It's authoring the type of person that you want to be, which, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, where your career, your life, your family situation you know where, what city you live in, it doesn't necessarily matter so much what those things are if you're grounded and stable and you, you're really solid in the sense of who you are.
0: Right, because you run into so many different things that changes your perspective. Like, I started with music and now I'm podcasting. I wouldn't have thought yep. of that 10 years ago, you know? So I just like, I let the pivoting happen. You know, I had the right intention. You know, follow my intentions, and if it changes and it's something else, it pivots a little bit. I'm totally fine with that.
1: You got to roll with it, right?
0: Yeah. So, what Absolutely. is what is mindful mass? I see a lot of people ha. see some meditation.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, mindful mass is a little community we we developed in Vancouver. Again, you can link up to all these things on andysremba.com and Mindful mask is uh, a group of people in the city and we get together about once a quarter, quarterly. So that's sort of our jam. It's pretty casual. But we do giant public mass meditations in, in public spaces. And you ask, well, why would you do that? Why, why not just meditate by yourself at home? Well, there's a few different reasons. One, cr- meditating in a group of people is like synergistically powerful in a way that I can't describe. I'll never forget the moment when I first actually... Our first meditation, and I was sitting at the very front with this really prominent uh, meditation teacher. And I was sitting there, Carolyn Ann Budgel. She's an amazing teacher, and she leads our meditations because I'm not experienced enough to do it. Um, but I was sitting up in the front with her, and after the meditation, about a group of 100 people all simultaneously opened up their eyes. And I could see consciousness staring back at me. Everyone was so chill because of the meditation is so present. And when they all simultaneously opened up my eyes, it was a super powerful moment for me because I was like, wow, this is just the universe looking back at me. Literally, the people that are in this audience, their physical bodies are manifestations of the universe staring back at me in this really calm, present state. And I'll never forget that moment. But, you know, the, the other intention, the other side of Mindful mass, is to normalize and popularize meditation. You know, especially in an urban environment, some people might look at meditation as a woo-woo sort of new agey thing. But there is so much science backing it up that it's pretty it's, – you can't really argue that there aren't benefits to it anymore. There are some people that maybe shouldn't meditate. Like if you have, have had like uh, a severely traumatic experience and you have PTSD and if you go on a flotation tank, or right. if you close your eyes for too long and you keep getting flashbacks of that thing over and over, well, that, that's not necessarily good. But for the most part, almost anybody can meditate, and uh, there, there's no there's no risk to it. Yeah. So we're trying to popularize it, destigmatize it as like a, a hippie thing. And as you as you know now, like you know, business people, like entertainers, athletes, like you name it, everybody are like taking getting on the meditation train. However, I would argue that meditation is one of those things that a lot of people like to talk about. Mindfulness is a really nice buzzword these days, but not so many people actually do. And it's the doing, and that's yeah. and you know, one thing we did with mindful mask is we uh, we did a thirty day challenge. So the, the challenge was meditate for you know for ten minutes um, for thirty days straight. And uh, personally, I, you know, I'll, I'll go in the float tank at least once a week. Um, I'll meditate sporadically here and there, but I had never established a meditation practice before where I do it every single day. And that was a game changer. It is That is when I was just like, okay, this is powerful. You can really gain a lot of self control and you can gain a lot of, uh, introspection, uh, when you do that. And it actually changes who you are as a person, that fundamental change of who you are as a person. Again, that altered trait, um, and I definitely, I recommend people check that book out again. It's really awesome. So definitely. yeah, you, you hit it, you hit it on the head there.
0: Um, so I've heard things about, me- I've never meditated in a group setting and I've heard some fantastic things. I've heard so-called miracles, remissions, and I've heard just the energy field is higher and, I can't say it's true or not. I haven't seen it with my own eyes or anything, but, you know,
1: I've. Oh, you feel it. Yeah. You feel something. You know, I can't say exactly what that is. You know, they've done all sorts of things where I think there's in Washington, D.C. They gathered a bunch of people and they meditated on uh, peace and loving feelings or something like that. And they noticed at that exact same time the crime rates dropped in the city. Right. So, again, I don't know. I'm not sure how valid that was. Or how much, or how much science was behind that, but you can feel that there's some something going on, oh, and that's sure. all you can say, you know. Yeah. And, and and people can't really deny own your own personal experience, you know. And here's the thing: sometimes when you this is a problem with say plant medicine, this is a problem with altered states of consciousness, is that sometimes you don't really know if what you've experienced is real or not, right? So if you go into a plant, if you're going down to Peru, and you're doing ayahuasca. Um, this is one of the challenges of the plants is because you're taking a powerful hallucinogen. You're taking ayahuasca, which is essentially DMT, orally activated DMT. And, you know, you're going to have all, you could potentially have all sorts of visions and experiences. And it's hard to say when you're in them, it feels like they're real. But at the time when you come out, you're like, you question it a little bit. Like, well, was that really real? Or was I just on a powerful hallucinogen right now? Right? Either way, you can still extract information from that. Like, what did you learn from that experience? And people can't take that away. So the experience may may or not be real, but you can still take away something from that experience. Which whatever was shown to you, if it came up from your own subconscious and you taught yourself something, or you had some sort of download from a higher power of some of some sort. But either way, there's something you can learn from it.
0: Right. I totally agree. I think meditation is fantastic but i know a lot of people want a cookie cutter program they want someone to show them how to do it and that's where i see mindfulness meditation or the mindful mass ma- yeah. mindful mass would you know come it's in a little handy. taste
1: yeah it's a little taste that's what it is it's like right now we're going to do a free meditation anybody can come if anybody want to link up with that actually i mean it's vancouver based so um, you can't really, if you're not in Vancouver, you're not going to join us. But you can go on, there's a Facebook group page called Mindful Mass, Vancouver Meditation Mob or something like that. Or you can go to mindfulmass.org or, again, my website, com to link up with that.
0: Definitely. I might even think about doing something similar in my hometown. Do it. Yeah.
1: Do it, man. It's, it's a lot of fun and people, people, people dig it. Like at the last one we did in, the one we did in July had like nearly 300 people show up to it.
0: Yeah, that'd Which be is fun. pretty powerful. That's cool.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you have a podcast, so I do. Yeah, I want to know about it.
1: <laughs> well, it's, Van- it's called Vancouver Real. The website is VancouverReal.tv, and uh, you know this is something that was a, a sort of a pet project of ours for a long time, and you know we were of course inspired by like so many of the podcasts by the great Joe Rogan, Right. Um, and, and you know I've been listening to him and. I'm like, wow, this guy seems pretty rad, and he seems to have some pretty cool conversations. I'm like, I can have some pretty cool conversations. Why shouldn't we do a podcast? So my brother and I, actually, I'll take it back a little bit. Our podcast, Vancouver Real, is based off of a very popular podcast out of London called London Real. And this was probably back in 2010, I believe, when podcasts weren't as oversaturated as they are now. Now there's so many podcasts out there. Over a million, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this guy named Brian Rose, who's an American living in London, uh, was invited on Joe Rogan's podcast because at that time, there wasn't a lot of other podcasters out there, I don't think. There were probably a lot, but not, not like today. And he uh, he put up the call on Rogan, and he's like, if anybody wants to start a real, R-E-A-L, real podcast in whatever city they happen to be in, just record a trailer episode, Send it to me. And if I approve it, you can kind of be under the real banner. That's all it was. It was that informal. Um, so right away, we we're like, this, this guy seems pretty cool. Like, he's connected to Rogan. It's like he talks about he's into jujitsu. And he's, he's all about personal development and personal growth. And you guys should definitely check out London Real, the London Real podcast when you get a chance, or London Real on YouTube. And um, he, you know, we, 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 we actually bought the domain and sat on it for a while. And then after we opened our business, Float House, and we had a space to record out of, we built a podcast studio, and uh, we started recording. And it was, it's been like a, an ongoing process. Again, it's been a learning process the entire time. Um, you know, we've gone through different themes, like what is our podcast about. And it's fairly generalized if we talk about anything from spirituality to uh, entrepreneurship, to tech, to health and fitness, anything in those sort of categories we're interested in. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing process. Um, you know, our, our slogan for a while was dedica- uh, cultural, dedicated to cultural evolution. And you can, you know, put whatever meaning you want onto that. Um, but now we're kind of dedicated to personal evolution and how can we become the best individuals that we are. And that's led to us creating a community around that. We have two people helping us out with and they're going to be launching a course, a mindfulness movement a nutrition course, it's going to be an online course, all video content. That's coming out this fall, most likely. And um, they've also spearheaded the community side. So what we do in the community side is we have big gatherings. We'll bring in a specialist, be it a movement specialist or a nutritionist or a mindfulness specialist, and we'll do uh, free workshops for the public um, and again, it's usually our, our listeners that show up to it, and it's a great way to have that online presence, but also connect in person. So that's uh, that's Vancouver real in a nutshell. Like I said, like if anybody's interested in starting a podcast, I would say definitely do it, but get into it for the right reasons, like we talked about on the call before, because it is it, it is difficult to monetize a podcast. And you might think, oh, I'll, I'll I'll do a podcast and I'll get a bunch of sponsors and and then you'll be making money from it. And no. Probably not. Like if you're a celebrity already with an existing audience and you just go to podcasts, there's a good chance you can monetize it right away. But for the most part, you're going to have to, you know, grind it out for a while, build an audience, have quality content, potentially launch some sort of product through it. Like it's an ongoing thing, but it, it is a real opportunity. And I think it's a beautiful thing too, because, you know, I love how it has sort of decentralized media. And you know, media has been extremely decentralized, you know, through through social media. Um, but a podcast is just another platform for that. Like, you know, these days to do a podcast, literally all you need is your phone. You could do a podcast just with your phone alone. That's all you need. So, and then you might want some graphic design work for the for the the thumbnails and the um, the graphics on iTunes or whatever. But I mean, like, it's super accessible, and anybody can create their own content and put it out. And uh, and now you have a platform, which I think is awesome.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely a great way to express yourself.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I I found it invaluable. I've grown so much as a person. My communication skills have greatly increased. Um, I, I uh, my network, my personal network is 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 better than it's ever been. Like I know there's so many amazing like thought leaders and people within the city and beyond that I've connected with because of it. And it's one of those things too. It's like Don't just do it for a few months. There's no point. Like do it. Like dive in. Give it a couple years. Grind it out. Like don't be afraid to grind it out and put the work in. That's why most people quit. Most people fail because they just quit too early. Yeah, don't skip don't skip a
0: day. Don't like keep it going. And once you skip, it's just just like the gym. Like once you stop going.
1: I, I had this idea on my website um about incremental progress. And I really do think this is a more sustainable way to improve yourself. The idea of incremental progress. So you you take, you take small action steps every single day, which are leading you towards whatever goal you happen to be working on. Every day, some action step. It could be the smallest thing in the world. But what you're doing is you're creating positive momentum for yourself. You become the positive feedback loop, and it will start to snowball. It will increase exponentially. In fact, that's the thing about when you start becoming successful, or when you, uh, or even when you start falling off and you crash and burn, it can happen really, really quickly too. Like when you start doing this incremental progress approach, where you're taking active steps every single day to be working towards uh, a goal, um, it, that effect will start snowballing synergistically in your life, and it will become exponential, and you can you can grow really, really quickly. But other, you know, you can also you can fall off really quickly too. Like you can crash and burn. Like if somebody's life isn't stabilized and you don't have sort of like the four pillars of your life with, I think, which are so important, which is like health, you know, your relationships, income, and some sort of spiritual belief system. I don't know what that is or spirituality could be as simple as a meditation practice, something that connects you to maybe a greater power of some sort, or at least uh, you think that you're connected to something like that. That has huge psychological benefits and, if you can ground yourself in those four things, um, when disaster does strike, you're way more likely not to fall off the cliff, right? But if you have one of those sort of out of balance in your life, or maybe you're making a lot of money, but your health is suffering or your relationships are suffering, you gotta have to keep it all in balance, right? And if you can sort of make incremental progress on different goals every single day, uh, you, you can make amazing things happen in your life.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, so, yeah. What is the greatest lesson in life that you have learned?
1: Man, <laughs> um, greatest lesson in life that I have learned. You know that that changes all the time. Whenever I learn something new, I I, I adopt what is the most valuable lesson that I've ever learned. So, um, I'm gonna say right now and I think this is appropriate for the day and age that we're in, is to not judge people um, and, and from where they're at, you know, and have a little bit of compassion for people for, for what they're, where they're at, with what they believe, what they do, how they act in their life. Because let's be honest, like nobody really, well, some people think you did, but nobody really opted in for life. No one's like, hey, I'm going to get transported down to earth and I'm going to have this experience which is going to be full of chaos, suffering, pain, illness, death, war, okay? No one says that they want to go have that experience. We get put into this experience, all right? And it can be brutal. Life can be brutal. It can be beautiful, but let's not pretend for a second that it isn't difficult because it is, right? So it's like, let's have some compassion because everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. That's what I believe. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Right. So, you know, it's so easy to 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 chastise somebody to publicly shame. We love watching people crash and burn. You know, we love people love that. They pile on online and they, they tear people to shreds and they, they see the career go up in smoke. And, and maybe some of them deserve it for doing terrible things, right? Maybe maybe they do. But at the same time, it's like, at one point, that person was an innocent little baby. It was a child. It was fresh into the world. And then a bunch of stuff happened to that baby, which turned them into the person that they are, okay, that, that, that made them do that thing. Now, I'm not taking away from personal responsibility. Everybody is responsible for their actions, right? That's why we have laws. But at the same time, you have to know that it's like, man, at one point something happened to that person that kind of messed them up. And and, and that's why they might have done that terrible thing. And I think like, you know, you, uh, there's just one example. Um, this woman, uh, something happened. I think she was at, at a nail salon and she left her children or her baby in, in her car. For too long and it was too hot and the baby died Ter- terrible terrible tragedy oh yeah people were just destroying this woman online ripping her to shreds
0: yeah she already feels I, bad you know
1: you know and i and I, I commented on there i'm like you know you might want to just have a little bit of uh, compassion for this woman because i think you know she's gonna go to jail and she has to live the rest of her life knowing that she did that right like that's that's something that nobody wants their unconscious and people like got upset with me for saying like hey maybe maybe have a little compassion for we don't know her situation we don't know like to be a single mother if she was single or you know parenting in general is stressful enough right but when you're in that you know and let's say she's a single mom maybe has some financial difficulties who knows we don't know the problems that she has in her life and she, and she made a terrible mistake but it's like we don't need to add insult to injury. You know, people do, they do want revenge. They want punishment when something terrible like that happens and guaranteed she's going to be punishing herself for years and, and who knows how bad that's going to be, right? So I think that's one of the big lessons I'm, I'm working with these days is like just having less judgment of why people are the way they are.
0: Right. I, I think about that too. Like say someone at work, they do something that they should get fired for and they happened to get fired for it. But I am not going to get that person fired because they might have a family at home. And like, what does that mean? What does, what does that like mean for me for getting him in trouble? Well, you know, you know, like I don't want that to happen.
1: So it's it's a double edged sword, right? It's like you, you sometimes you need to be the one that blows the whistle too depending on the severity of it, right? It's like, and that person's going to have to live with the consequences of their actions. But, right. it's, but it's like, okay, it's like the idea of using minimal necessary force. It's like the person fucked up, okay? They, 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 they stole something. Who knows? They, they did something terrible which they should not have done at work or in life. All right, well, yeah, they're going to have to go to jail. They're going to have to suffer the consequences of their actions. But it's like, okay, you know, like, just remember, like, that person, We don't know the totality of the experience of that person's life that led them to that moment. And here's the other thing, too, is that most, even bad people, even evil people, people that you could think are just terrible down to the core, are actually good most of the time. They're actually good most of the time. That's the crazy thing. They've right. done some terrible shit, but for the most part, a lot of them are, are very good, you know? So it's like, that that, that's a rough one. And now again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't punish them for their actions, but I am saying that, you know, just to remember to have less judgment.
0: Right. I totally agree. So do you have anything exciting coming up in the future?
1: Yeah, man. Oh, well, I mean, this isn't necessarily too Mm -hmm. relevant to your uh, audience, but some of them happen to be in Vancouver, but um, I'm taking over this organization. uh, Well, the, the chapter in Vancouver of uh, man talks. And man talks is a it's, it's an organization that supports healthy male development, healthy men's growth. Hmm. and it's a men's community. so we have speaking events, and we also have uh, um, a group, a men's group. and the speaking events uh, feature local people, local men or women. We have women there, and women can can attend the the speaking events as well. Uh, it's open to them as well. We want them to be part of the conversation but it's all about how do we, you know, help men out. And, you know, despite what some of the the standard narratives are out there these days, actually men actually do need quite a bit of help right now. There is a lot of, you know, you can call it toxic masculinity, if you want to call it that. But again, with that idea that yes, somebody was acting a certain way, but it's like, you know, can, they didn't, they weren't born that way. So, how can we support men in a healthy way? And that's what Man Talks is all about. We're going to be having an event on uh, June 11th, and uh, and the mastermind group is going to be starting in um, in June, late June. We don't have it exactly ironed out yet, but we're having a new mastermind group started. And if you want to go to ManTalks.com, you can learn more about that organization. Hmm,
0: that's very interesting. So, yeah, thanks, where, where can people find you online?
1: Well, as I mentioned a couple times, Andy'sRiver.com. I'm mostly active on Instagram. Um, that's my main platform of choice. Or they could listen to us on the podcast. Uh, you can go to VancouverReal.TV. we are on iTunes, YouTube, or Stitcher Radio. Uh, or just, you know, add me as a friend on uh, Instagram, and, and you'll see my life unfold in front of your eyes.
0: Well, I had a, a great time. I, I learned a ton, and... I'm going to go try to float. I, I need to see, go float. I got to see if there's anything around. I'm sure oh, there is. Uh,
1: so if there's a resource for that, go to flotationlocations.com. No matter where you happen to be in North America or the world, they have pretty much all the, the flotation centers uh, there. It's like a directory. So if you're looking for a float center near you, flotationlocations.com is the place to go.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to let you go. All right. And again, thank you for your time.
1: Well, I want to say thanks a lot for the interview. And I say, you know, Brian, man, like this is, it's been a pleasure. And I think what you're doing, what you're creating is amazing. And just stick with it, you know, and uh, and just enroll with it, you know, roll with what comes along. It's going to be a journey for you, man, but like, just keep it going. And uh, I think it's an awesome job. And it's an awesome thing that you're doing here.
0: Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. You have a, what time is it where you are?
1: It is, hold on here, 325.
0: Oh, cool. Well, you have a good rest of your day then. I will. All right, brother. All right, see ya. All right, take
1: care.